For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield, and we're here to recap the Falcons' first win of the 2021 NFL season, going on the road to New York to take out the Giants uh, in frustrating fashion. We'll talk about that here in a second. But Evan, first, how are you doing, man? I am great, DW. Um, It's been 301 days, but we finally saw the Falcons win a football game. Um, Long time coming, and it, it finally arrived. Yeah, you're you're not kidding. The the 301 days is just such a stunning, stunning statistic to me. Yeah. Uh, going back to I think November of last 29th. year, 29th. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Um, but yes, the the Falcons did win 17-14. They went on the road, beat the Giants, who dropped to 0-3. The Falcons changed their record to one and two at this point. Um, this was in my mind, Evan, one of those wins where. Uh, it counts as a win, but it was incredibly frustrating to get there. Um, however, I think if we take a step back, I think we can see some good things from both sides of the ball, um, both the defense and the offense, uh, even though it's not what we want to see necessarily from like some key guys. Uh, but what are some of your takeaways, your initial thoughts on how this game played out? Um. I mean, it was ugly. If the Falcons didn't win, like <laughs> everyone would be coming out them right now. And I think they might have bought themselves a little time. Uh, maybe some of the more pessimistic fans will be attacking them still. And, you know, rightfully so. Um, the standouts, uh, Cordero Patterson continues to be an X factor in this offense. If you haven't been fantasy football, I'd be playing him. I mean, just receiving alone, he's worth it. But then what he can do, you know, doubling as the running back makes him that much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, outside of that, uh, Russell Gage, not playing in the game. We got to see some more Zacchaeus. Um, some of the tight ends like Lee Smith was more involved than he <laughs> used to be. Um, oh yeah. And Kyle Pitts, I almost forgot, um, is on the roster, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, if you hide the score, you know, it kind of looks like similar stats to when they lose. So it's whatever, but Matt Ryan had a good day overall. And that's yeah. my big takeaway. Matt Ryan had a good day. 
I felt like he he struggled at times, but at the especially in the fourth quarter, I think he finally got it going. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I want to point out is like the offensive line. I think had a their best game of the year, which is a yeah. low bar. Like they, yeah. they were bad <laughs> in the first two games. Um, but actually, Jalen Mayfield, I thought had a solid game, and I want to see what the PFF scores say about him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he was actually making some plays out in space in the running game, uh, and he's he's a player. I'm I'm very interested to see how his growth and development goes because if this trend continues, he got better from week one to week two. It looks like right now he got better from week two to week three. It does make me wonder if they're going to yank him from left guard or if they're going to leave him in there um, when uh, Josh Andrews gets healthy. So definitely. I mean, at this point, I would leave him. Um, yeah, unless I would something- too. Unless we get a repeat of uh, the Eagles game, I mean, let him continue to grow. Because as you said, the offensive line definitely looked better than the first two games, which is easy, you know, should be very easy to do considering (laughs) they were, you know, at least the first one was like a complete train wreck. Um, So I would let him and just continue to grow. But you know that if for some reason – you know, uh, Matt Ryan's being sacked like crazy because Mayfield's getting beat left and right. Then you have Josh Andrews in a pinch, which right. I don't know how that's going to be any better, but maybe it'll be a change of pace. So <laughs> Exactly. Right. Uh, and to be fair, Ryan was sacked three times for 16 yards in this game, but uh, I don't feel like that was all on the offensive line. On a couple of those sacks, uh, it looked like, number one, coverage was just had it was blanketed. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it was he was stepped up in the pocket looking for someone to be open and and eventually there's going to be a sack on every play. If the quarterback holds on the ball too long, that's just how football works. So those were those kind of sacks in my opinion. Yeah. It it wasn't like what we've seen where the the pocket just got completely blown up and and Ryan had no time. Right. Where he hikes the ball and gets sacked instantly. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Thank God we didn't see any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, At least that I can remember. Um, All right. Give us some of the key stats from the Falcons offense in this game. Yeah, so Ryan finished with a solid 27 uh, completions for 243 yards and two touchdowns, pass rating of 111.2. On the ground, Mike Davis led him uh, with 12 carries, 50 yards. That's an average of 4.2 yards per carry. And Cordero Patterson had seven carries for 20 yards. In the receiving game, Cordero Patterson technically led the offense. He had six receptions for 82 yards. Um, Calvin Ridley was a big factor. He had 11 targets, most on the team, but he had eight, uh, eight receptions for 61 yards, no touchdown. Um, Alameda Zacchaeus kind of stepping in for Russell Gage. Um, if you read my fantasy article, I thought I predicted six catches for 60 yards, but he did even better three receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, and Lee Smith also three receptions for seven yards and a touchdown. <laughs> the Falcons tight end one, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> and then the, the Falcons uh, backup tight end Kyle Pitts had two receptions for 35 yards. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is going to be the, the talk of the, the Falcons fans for a while and how like for most of the game, he's invisible. And then all of a sudden he makes a play. The thing that stands out to me with Kyle Pitts, and this should be like, this is only going to add fuel to the fire. Every time he touches the ball, it seems like he gains over 20 yards. Like right. he's, he is incredibly explosive. Like why are we not getting him the ball more? One of his <laughs> two catches was for 25 freaking yards. Like this kid is, he clearly has the physical talent um some but he's of this- a unicorn dw <laughs> like i think that's what's funniest is 
all off season, people were calling him a unicorn, a unicorn. You literally never see. That's why they're yep. a unicorn. Like, like he's a rare talent, but a unicorn you never see like, <laughs> and that's what's happening. He's literally being a unicorn for the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. That's not what we want. <laughs> like let's downgrade him from unicorn to like zebra. At least you can see a zebra. zebra. Okay. They're kind of special. Maybe um, leprechaun or something. Lep- <laughs> no. like there's more than. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so Pitts, I, again, didn't get involved until late in the game. But when he did, he, he's an, an explosive player. And um, the fans who are questioning what Arthur Smith is doing, I think, are absolutely right. Hayden Hurst had one target. And, and yeah. the one thing we thought about Arthur Smith was that, oh, he's going to come in here and run a lot of the two tight end sets. We're going to see the tight ends involved a lot. And so far, that has not come to fruition. Hayden Hurst has been virtually invisible for this entire season so far. Pitts, you know, a little bit less so, but uh, really sort of frustrating from that standpoint. Hopefully this changes as these guys get more used to whatever it is Arthur Smith wants to do on offense. Um, But right now, the early returns on Arthur Smith's play calling, especially where the tight ends are concerned, is really – I think just con- concerning, problematic, hmm. something that they need to improve on. I, I think a lot of people, and I'm being one of them, coming into the season, uh, it seemed like Kyle Pitts would be what the offense revolved around, and it's definitely not. He's right. more like, um, I mean, like a weapon that's just waiting in the wings, I guess. It seems like if, and if you watch this, you know, the first three games, it seems like the the offense is revolving around Cordero Patterson more than anybody. Right, He's involved all over the place. There's literally plays um, on that two minute drive to win the game. Um, Patterson had a it was like a wide receiver screen that ended up going for a good chunk of yards, getting them you know down into field goal range. He he's having the offense kind of revolve around him. And it's, you know, I don't think I know a lot of us predicted he would be like an X factor in this offense, but he's really been like a main focus of this offense, even more so than Ridley at times. Um, Ridley's definitely their top receiving option in terms of, you know, being a pure wide receiver. But Patterson's finished with more receiving yards today and he had less reception. So, right. Um, and on Ridley, a, a, a sort of an erratic day from him. Uh, he had an early uh, drop that honestly should have been caught. Uh, it was, it, you know, some will say it was a good play by the corner, but really that's one of those plays a, a top wide receiver should come down with the, the ball. The ball was in perfect spot and he should have caught it. And then later he caught a pass and had the, you know, option to sort of try to run for the first down, but went sideways instead, almost looked like he was avoiding contact um, just sort of a, a bad day, I think, for Ridley. Even though his stats were decent, uh, some individual plays really made like fans were openly questioning whether we should have kept Julio Jones. Uh, and I get it, you know, Julio folks wanted out. Just to remind you, um, we were not keeping him. It was not going to happen one way or the other. Julio wanted to be traded. The team, uh, you know, they they did what he wanted, and Calvin's the guy. But it's fair to criticize him, and it's fair to criticize any of these players when they make poor plays. And uh, early on, I felt like the receivers, Ridley and Zacchaeus, they both had some missed catches. Now, Zacchaeus made up for it later, caught mm-hmm. one that, and where he was absolutely just crushed and held on to the ball. Um, 
So sort of an up and down day for several guys, except for Patterson, who was just excellent throughout the entirety of the game. Before um, we move on from the offense, um, yeah. just a, a shout out to Mike Davis, who has been kind of criticized. I think I'm a little unfairly over the last couple of weeks because mm-hmm. um, week one wasn't great by any means, but he's been a solid running back for the Falcons. Um, yeah. He's not getting like 20 carries a game. Um, but for the second straight week, he averaged 4.2 yards per carry, which is very solid. Uh, coming into this game, I don't know how Kamara did in the Saints game, but coming into the game, he was averaging more yards than Kamara on the season. Um, and Mike Davis being utilized also as a receiving option, he had four uh, targets and he caught all four passes for 20 yards. Um, I like what I've seen. Um, obviously, Patterson's eaten into uh, his carries because he had seven as opposed to Davis having 12. Um but from what I've seen from Mike Davis, like he's running hard, he's getting, you know, yardage that they need. Um, yeah. So shout out to him. Yeah. That's great point. And I'm, I'm guilty as well of sort of highlighting Patterson as, as a running back. But I, as you and I were saying before we started the podcast, it's almost like his, the perfect role for Patterson is to line up as running back, but to catch the ball. Um, Cause Patterson mm-hmm. is a pure runner. He's, he's, you know, today he averaged less than three yards per carry. But as a receiver, you know, the, the, as you mentioned, six six receptions for 82 yards. Uh, and I think that's where his game – the Falcons are using him the best when they have him out there as more of a receiver, almost like a check down receiver, um, as, as opposed to just a traditional running back out of the backfield. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Mike Davis, I think, is, uh, is giving us about what we wanted uh, from him right. as a running back one, which is – over four yards per carry. And that's an improvement. You know, that's the other thing. I think if you want to take away from this offense, not only has the offensive line Im- improved from week to week, um, I feel like the running game is, is not a laughing stock now. It's not fantastic, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a respectable running game. And as uh, one of my friends on Twitter uh, pointed out, in the last two minutes of this game, they leaned on the running game to help run down the clock and it worked. And we, uh-huh. as Falcons fans, it may be one of the first times in a long time where we didn't sit there and question the play calling to end the game. And they, they were able to run effectively at key moments, especially again, at the end of the game where they needed to burn out the clock and, and run it out so that the giants wouldn't have another, another opportunity. And they did that and they were effective. So those those little things, those little takeaways, the little signs of progress right now for Falcons fans, I think that's what we have to cling to. This is not, I think, a, a good team still. The Giants are much worse than us. Yeah, and we haven't even got to it, but they literally had like Multiple some of their start. Out. Yeah, yeah, especially in the receiving core. So yeah. they were down uh, some players. Absolutely. And that that has to be emphasized. But at the same and on the flip side, the Giants were playing at home. They were playing on 10 days of rest uh, so that they had some advantages as well coming in. So I don't want to overstate. But at the same time, you know, the Falcons uh, were facing an opponent with some injuries you know, during the game. Um, and that probably did factor in a little bit. But I want to talk about the defense and what they did, because I feel like they're, uh, you know, they've been getting hammered a bit this season. Um, most points in the first two weeks of any other team, but today was a nice bounce back. Uh, and again, it's the Giants, so keep it, <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, but before we get into that conversation, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're talking about the Falcons' win on the road against the New York Giants, week three of the 2021 NFL season. Falcons win one, 17-14. Giants drop to 0-3. The Falcons change their record to 1-2. and And Evan, the defense. Um, this is, even though they've given up a lot of points in the first two games, and in this mm-hmm. game clearly gave up only 14, I actually feel like, of the three units, they are they have been playing better overall than even the offense. Um, and in this game in particular, I felt like they had a relatively strong afternoon with the caveat, as you mentioned in the first half of the podcast, that the Giants, I think, lost two of their – it was one or two of their receivers um, yep. to injuries during the game. So tell us what the Giants did on offense – um, and who were some of the guys that they they lost? Because I think it was early on. It was even in the first yeah. quarter, I believe. Um, Sterling Shepard, who, if you play fantasy football, has been like a steal, left the game early. Um, and also Darius Slayton, I think it was a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of their other receivers. So pretty much it was down to Kenny Galladay and uh, Colin Johnson, who led the day for him uh, with five receptions, 51 yards. Galladay had four receptions, 64 yards. Um, coming into this game, uh, again, I don't want to go back to fantasy football, but Daniel Jones was a hot one this week if you needed a quarterback streamer because of the matchup with the Falcons, who have struggled mightily against quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job. Um, I mean, there was that one part where Daniel Jones uh, kind of ran over Grady Jarrett, which was bizarre, but it was on a <laughs> two-point conversion. I never it seen was bizarre. Like, yeah, oh, I don't God. think we'll see that ever again, but who knows. Um, but overall, I mean, the Falcons' defense held their own. You hold, you know, even the Giants missing some people. They still had Saquon Barkley. They still had Kenny Galladay, the Giants. Um, and uh, Isaiah Oliver uh, stripped, I believe it was tight end Evan Ingram, who had his first game of the season because he's been injured for him, but got a fumble recovery off that. And Dante Fowler... Um, Got a strip, uh, but I believe Daniel Jones came uh, jumped back onto it. Um, so technically not a fumble. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I, I think if we're looking at PFF grades, I'll be shocked if Aluakun isn't um, either in that or you know in that top five for the Falcons defense. Uh, I thought he had a really solid day. Um, just watching him, like you know, they had certain angles on the broadcast of mm-hmm. him, him in coverage, and then him um, when they were running the ball, and he was making good reads and getting outside. And yeah, uh, overall, I mean, a good day. I thought Marlon Davidson looked good, and then he ended up leaving. Um, I'm not sure exactly what what he left with, but he was out for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and T and you know TJ Green stepping in in a pinch. Um, he was serviceable, but at times they were clearly targeting him. Targeting him, absolutely. <laughs> um, and getting like getting away with it. Like it was, you know, pretty obvious. Every throw was pretty much TJ Green's way. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, it was a pretty solid day by the Falcons. I think Isaiah Oliver continues to kind of show up big uh for the Falcons, considering yeah. a lot of play- a lot of fans wrote him off. And, you know, I'm I'm one of them, like a lot of fans expected him to kind of be one of those guys who might be gone in a new regime. And 
he's been turning a corner like he's looked good. So, yeah, moving into the slot, I think has been a revitalization for his career. Um, and on the day, Isaiah Oliver, uh, you know, he had uh, one quarterback hit. He had two pass deflections, one forced fumble, and he recovered that same fumble. Um, so just a overall really strong game from Oliver, really impressed with um, how he has progressed. And, you know, Tori McElhaney at AtlantaFalcons.com actually spoke with him this week. And I think she referenced Matt Chambers from the Falcoholic tweeting that uh, he needed to apologize for three years of bad tweets at Isaiah Oliver. Um, although, to be fair, there were a lot of people who were sort of slamming Oliver. But, yeah, to me, he was one of the standouts in this game defensively. Dante Fowler now with two sacks on the season, one last week, uh, one again this week. Um, I feel like he's he has actually looked much better the past two games. He was invisible against the Eagles, but has been a little bit more of a force uh, in these past two games. And Foya Luquin and Deion Jones both had uh, 14 and 13 tackles combined. Both had the tackle for loss. Uh, these guys, I think, finally in this game uh, came alive. The past two games, I feel like they've been sort of hit or miss uh, from a defensive standpoint. And as you mentioned, uh, TJ Green was targeted a lot. Um, I think the fact that, to me, if you go back and you look at the receiver's um, for the Giants, you know, Galladay, 64 yards. Um, and again, they were missing some of the guys, but of course we were missing our top corner in AJ Terrell. Um, they didn't have a hundred yard receiver. Uh, so in my mind, that's a little bit of a win for the Falcons. Um, it, not that I want TJ Green to be starting on a consistent basis, <laughs> but in, in pinch hit duty, he was mm, okay. And Fabian Moreau, I thought did a mostly good job. He missed a couple of tackles in a really terrible sequence in the middle of the game, but uh, and was called for a defensive pass interference, which in my mind was actually just a garbage call because he was uh, clearly going for the ball in the same way that the receiver was in the end zone. Um, otherwise, I felt like he held, he also had a strong game. So in total, I look at this Falcons defense and what they did today, and they're not a good defense. But I do feel like they're serviceable. They could be a defense that is ranked ultimately somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. Again, that's where they finished last year. I think they actually finished uh, in DVO, DVOA stats at number 14 last year, which was stunning to me. This year, if they can finish between 15 and 20 uh, in total defensive ranking, I would be actually very impressed. Now, are the Giants a great football team? <laughs> <laughs> No. And well, they haven't won a game for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that Giants offensive line is is actually much worse than ours, Falcons fans. Believe me. You look at how these guys are graded on PFF. Their starting center has a Billy worse, Price or whatever. Uh, Billy Price is just yeah. the, the play where Grady Jarrett got a sack. Um, it, I want to rewatch it, but Billy Price was literally laying on the ground <laughs> as Grady Jarrett ran past him. <laughs> now, Grady uh, used a swim move on the left guard uh, and beat him, but Billy Price was absolutely zero help because he was just taking a nap on the middle of the field uh, in Giant Stadium. So I, I am impressed with how this defense is progressing. Not with where they're at. Again, they're not a good defense, but I, we're seeing progress in some key areas. Um, in our Falcoholic Writers chat, uh, I think 
one of our writers, I forget, it may have been Kevin, said, um, this defensive line looks better than I thought they would. Do you feel the same way, Evan? Do you feel like they're not as bad as we anticipated going into the season? Um, I mean, I guess. Um, I know it's I'm, a low bar. We all expect yeah, it to be terrible. I mean, I guess they're better. Um, we're seeing more out of, like, Dante Fowler, which has stepped up. Um, like I said, Marlon Davidson, I think he's playing a lot better. Um, Grady's, you know, Grady Jarrett. Yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, they are playing better. Um, but, like, they're still not to where you'd want them to be. I don't know that they, you know, they might have, like, just kind of been playing at their ceiling anyways. And it's just there, there's only so much more they can do. Um, there's no real, aside from Grady Jarrett, like, stars on this defensive line. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, they're playing better, certainly. Um, it was a not a great offensive line that they were going up against. Um, I'd like to see it in more games where they're playing like better offensive lines. But yeah, I mean they're they're serviceable. They're they're not going to be the reason. At least they haven't been that the Falcons ultimately lose a game this season. Um, so you know, which I, is I don't different. know if that answers your question. But. No, no, absolutely, and that, that's but that's different from what we've seen in the past, right? Where. Oh, um, right. They were the, the clear. There was no uh, pass rush at all. Even right. even when you see it, these games, you know, you're still seeing Fowler get in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he had a sack, but he's still like getting pressure. Um, and, and a lot of the times, you know, pressure plays a bigger role than anything because they're, you, you can force turnovers that way. Um, him, him getting that sack. And that was the one that um, I referenced earlier. Dion, um, not Dion Jones, Daniel Jones fumbled. I yep. think they jumped back on it, but I mean, that was almost a turnover right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like the pressure I'm seeing and it. it's certainly an upgrade over last year, I believe, but uh, do you want to see them keep taking more steps forward? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with the defensive line. Yeah. I, I think, and honestly with the way Dean Pease, uh orchestrates this defense, the secondary was always going to be, the part of the defense that was going to struggle more early on because Pease literally asks the safeties, the linebackers and the corners to know and understand the responsibilities of every one of those positions. So because at any point in time, he could send a corner, he could send a safety or a linebacker, uh, you know, on the blitz and drop someone else in the coverage. And I will say it was nice to see some of those blitzes work. I, I saw several instances where Daniel Jones was clearly rattled, where the even though the Falcons didn't get the sack, um, they had they were in the backfield and they were disrupting him and batting passes down. We saw several uh, several opportunities where the Falcons batted passes down. We saw Eric Harris. Honestly, he probably should have come away with an interception on his one play. He had two pass deflections in this game as well, um, so good for him. And this was a game where again. You got to keep the the quality of the opponent in mind, and this is probably uh, you know an indication of where the Falcons are. But they took advantage of it. Uh, the defense took advantage of it. They only allowed 14 points, and uh, that's what you want to see um, when you're looking for progress. Uh, and that's the sort of the only thing because I still don't think anyone's expecting this Falcons team to make the playoffs. I, I didn't going into the season, so this is not a big shock. I always felt like they were going to be around 500 or sub 500. Um, but if you're looking for progress, I think we're seeing small signs of it. 
Um, and, and that's what I'm going to cling to. And obviously, you know, shout out to young way who nailed the game winner at the end of this game. Um, Evan, I know this week on Falcoholic Live, you guys had the opportunities to speak to Falcons legend, Matt Bryant. But how uh, it, it seems like the Falcons have had pretty good luck in uh, moving from one kicker to another. And uh, I know early on, uh, you and I had our doubts about Koo, but it seems like he's settled into being a very reliable kicker for the Falcons. Yeah, it, it, you know, and what made uh, what makes kickers big is these moments like this. Me and you talked about before yep. we started recording um, when the last time a Matt Bryant two-minute drive occurred. Um, right. I mean, there for a while, it happened all the time. It was like clockwork where Bryant, um, not Bryant, Matt Ryan would uh, get them downfield and then Matt Bryant would make the, you know, 40-yard kick. And that's, you know, that's how they made their names uh, mm-hmm. early on. Um, it is good to see Koo, you know, make these kicks. It was a short one right down the middle, which was like, I would hope any kicker would make, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to see more, um, long distance ones. Um, but obviously I'm happy with it and I'm not going to sit here and criticize Koo for making a easier field goal, but, um, yeah, they've, they've been fortunate. I mean, if you look back in history, Morton Anderson, um, had Jason Elam there for a minute, who was yeah. a very, I mean, there for a while was the best kicker in the league um, with the Broncos, um, you know, and then obviously Matt Bryant. And then now with young way um, I want to see him keep, you know, growing as a kicker for the Falcons um, obviously. So yeah, if they get more situations like that, where they got to make, you know, game winning field goals that are like 40 to 50 range, um, Obviously, that's going to impress me more, but I'm happy he made, you know, it was a chip shot field goal, and I'm happy they put that trust in him that they, mm-hmm. you know, started running the clock out instead of thinking, oh, we got to score here because we can't trust our kicker. They clearly trust him to make those kind of field goals. So they started running the clock out with um, Mike Davis, and then Matt Ryan dove into the middle uh, to give him kind of just a straight kick, and uh, yeah. that's that's how it ended. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that really is such an important aspect of the game planning. Once the Falcons were within 45 yards, you could tell they basically put the offense into um, kill clock mode, kill clock. Yeah. Uh, Because they knew they had a kicker that they feel very confident in. Uh, You and I have talked a lot about Koo and and our uncomfortable uh, disposition with his ability past 50 yards, but I think within 50 yards, Oh, he's money. Yeah. He's been money. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I want to give him a shout out in this game because clearly he punched it in to, to close this one out. Uh, and as you said, that is really where these guys make their money. And I know yeah. uh, other people love to hammer on kickers and say, well, that's their job. Um, yes, but there are other NFL teams that cannot find guys that can do this consistently. So we should like well, the one that we've got. Right. And, and you know, talking to um, I've been fortunate to be able to talk to Morton Anderson and Matt Bryant, mm-hmm. arguably, and probably not even arguably the two best kickers in Falcons history. Oh, 100%. and both of them, you know, the main takeaways from talking to both of them is their confidence is through the roof. Um, you have to literally be like arrogant because of that position and you want to be the mindset where yeah i'm making this kick no matter what you know no matter the distance no matter the 
implications, whether it's in the Super Bowl with two seconds left to win it or it's preseason. Like they always have to have the same calmness and confidence in kicking. And I mean, at this point, I haven't spoke to Young Waku, obviously, but I imagine he's got that because you're going to struggle as a kicker. You know, a lot of the kickers we've seen come through Atlanta that just not to pick, make, you know, pick on one individually, but like Giorgio Tavecchio, he didn't have that. He didn't have that like same confidence. And there's a reason he's not in the NFL anymore. Yeah. The kickers that, you know, it doesn't matter how good your leg is. The kickers that are long-term successful, Justin Tucker, shout out to him, made NFL history today yes. with a 66-yard field goal. Amazing. He has that. He's going to be a pro, um, not a pro bowl, but Hall he of obviously Famer. is. Hall of Famer, yes. Um, yeah. And he's got that killer instinct, and that's what kickers have to do. I mean, it's silly because they're easy to make fun of. They're usually little guys, you know, and they ha- they screw up, and everybody talks about them all week. But these kickers have to be mentally tough. The ones that struggle are the ones that, that aren't, you know, confident in themselves. And uh, I think who has that? I mean, you don't make a Pro Bowl uh, being a kicker that doesn't believe in themselves. No, not exactly. Uh, I could not have said that better. Um, all right, we have got a- another game ahead of us next week as we take yeah. on uh, the Washington football team. The Falcons will be at home for that game. Uh, Washington is a is a team that is in a little bit of disarray after their starting quarterback got injured. Um, they're also sort of at the bottom of the <laughs> of the NFC East. Um, but yeah. uh, Evan, any final thoughts on this game and looking ahead to that Washington game and what you want to see from this Falcons team? Um, not so much more in this game. I think we covered it pretty well. It was, uh, you know, we won by three. It was a close game. Um, I'm going to give the Giants their credit. Like they played them tough and, uh, the Falcons just made the right plays towards the end and won. Mm -hmm. Um, looking forward to next week. Um, I believe Washington will still have Tyler Heineke as their quarterback who, um, I know struggled a lot today. Um, from what I saw stats wise. So he threw some picks, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, the Falcons played him when he was with uh, the Carolina Panthers, and uh, obviously Ron Rivera was there. So uh, they're familiar with him. Maybe not the coaching staff, but some of the players. Um, shout out to Jack Crawford, who picked off Tyler Haneke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, that that's a winnable game. The uh, Washington defense is tough. Another, you know, fr- front uh defensive line that's tough and the falcons you know three out of four games have played tough defensive lines um so that'll be interesting you know um aside from that terry mclaurin you know he's uh probably the most underrated receiver in the nfl um so hopefully aj terrell is back and uh antonio gibson another you know solid running back so yeah we'll see what happens next week yeah uh it should be Interesting, you give us an idea of where this Falcons team really stands because this game, even though it was a win, uh, feels like a push. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not running around like, oh, my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. Right. But, <laughs> but it's a win. So let's all just kind of enjoy it for the week. Yes. Um, you know, not get too crazy on, you know, what they're doing with Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's a fair criticism because I still have no idea. And I know DW doesn't either. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a victory. We have, as we said at the top show, haven't seen one in 301 days. So uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> I couldn't have said that. <laughs> um, yes. 
this is uh, one of those games where you walk away frustrated, but at the same time, it's a win on the road against a better rested opponent. Um, so take that yeah. for what it is. Falcons will be home for the next game. And then I believe they have is week five. I think week five is their bye week. So they only have. Wait, uh, have, I think the Jets and then the bye week, right? right Usually a bye week right. comes after. I yes. think that's the London game, yep. um, which, you know, that'll be interesting. I just wanted to add one more thing. Um, you know, we know the score 17 to 14, which isn't huge against a team that had so many injuries in the Giants and weren't already, you know, weren't good to begin with. Um, but like I was on Twitter just now and they've got a video of them dancing in the locker room. It's a confidence builder, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, overall, that's probably the biggest win of the day is maybe next week you you see a team that believes in themselves more. There's a lot of newbies on this team, uh, especially in this Falcons secondary. Mike Davis in the backfield's new. Cordero Patterson's new. Kyle Pitts is new. Um, let them gel, get more excited. You know, that that builds team chemistry. Yeah. No, you're, that's such a good point. Really, you know, it. what matters is how the – season finishes um Mm -hmm. the the last eight games or last nine games are going to be more important than the first and it it it, it's a new offense and it's a bunch of new guys as you stated and it may take some time for this thing to get fully going that said i think there's a lot of legitimate questions that fans are asking about how guys are being used about what they're trying to execute why is lee smith have more you know (laughs) uh, touchdowns and call Pitts and hayden hurst combined um, those are all very good and legitimate questions, and we're going to continue to ask them and analyze this team as we go through the season. But they got the win. They got it on the road, um, and they're one and two. The season is not over. They've got another opponent coming up that should be beatable, and that will if they can win against Washington, they'll be at two and two and very much in the thick of things. So um, no reason to write off this Falcons team yet. They are frustrating, yes, but – have you been watching the Falcons for a while? <laughs> this is a frustrating <laughs> team. Um, all right. On that note, that's a perfect note to end on. Uh, Evan, thanks for being here as always. Uh, my partner on Definitely. these post-game podcasts. Uh, why don't you remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Um, also throughout the week. Well, not throughout the week. On Wednesday to Friday, I do the Falcons injury report. Um, so that kind of gives you an update on throughout the week who uh who might be absent on on you know the sunday's game um so look for that also on fridays i have a uh, fantasy preview if you read that you would have known if you were super desperate um and i mean super desperate would have started alameda zacchaeus who uh had a solid day so <laughs> yes had i played fantasy i would have literally a hundred percent available in in yahoo fantasy <laughs> so i wouldn't blame you to not trust me but um yeah so you would have, you would have had some points today but it has maybe a, a dfs or something <laughs> yep um all right on that note uh, as for you guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholicdw Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod, and of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So, for Evan Birchfield, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.